When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go A U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. Blake, Iowa Gopher. Having survived uh, Aggie Vision, I'm here and healthy. And you street. Hey y'all. Well, that was uh, a wonderful start to the season last week. Uh, before we get deeper into some cleanup notes from the Gophers' win over New Mexico State, I think it's important for each of us to take a moment to reflect and be merry and share what made us laugh. Uh, I am going to start with Iowa, and I dare anyone to pick anything else that made them laugh this past weekend because Iowa, I, that offense is a thing that I have, it's a thing of terribleness I have never seen. And I know this both warms Blake's heart, but I also suspect, Blake, that you're fearing that somehow we'll still manage to lose to that offense. It's, I mean, <clears throat> just to pardon my language, it's complete bullshit that they can be, continue to have one of the worst offenses in the country at still win. Um, it's just, I was really hoping it would end up like the 5-3 score would hold. 7-3 looks a little more normal. Um, but yeah, I just... I just want to beat them. That is, that is it. You are correct. That is a hindrance to uh, my shade and fruit. But, uh, but you know, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw the headline. I can't remember which Iowa paper it was for, but they said uh, the headline was Iowa victory, but the O uh, in Iowa and the O in victory were both removed um, due to the lack of O um, by the Hawkeyes offense. But uh, yeah, what, lot to laugh about watching that team. I mean, defense and special teams, I guess, are, are just good enough to win uh, football games right now. So, interesting. I mean, uh, credit where credit's due, the, those are some fine special teams. Insane special teams. I mean, like that, I, I didn't, no one's surprised Tory Taylor, their punter, won Big Ten special teams player of the year, especially not of the year of the week. I think he had like 12 punts in that game and i mean they're all just like i mean i think two of the i mean both the safeties i'm pretty sure he pinned them back there um so i mean it's just ridiculous ridiculous punting i mean a very kirk ferentz um it's real that's a really it's a vintage kirk ferentz performance um so you know i guess more power to him i guess he's doing something right on those side of the balls well i don't think we need to go so far as to praise kirk ferentz that that would be don't don't go crazy here blake uh street what uh what made you laugh this past week central michigan outscored oklahoma state 22 to 7 in the fourth quarter and lost by two touchdowns that's a very big 12 result right there extremely big 10 big 12 result <laughs> big 10 extremely big 12 result the quarterback for central michigan 36 of 49 424 four touchdowns in a loss by 14 points amazing Andy, uh, who who kind of 
you know, made you smile and be merry this past week? I think uh, I'm going to pick Indiana beating Illinois. Uh, the, the, the fighting Burts looked, uh, looked not so great, and Indiana gets their first Big Ten win in a year and a half, and, uh, and they, they, took it to, uh, they took it to the Illini. And, uh, you know, everybody, there were a lot of people thought Indiana was going to go 0-9 this year, but uh, they took care of that uh, week one. All right. Um, we do, you know, run a gopher blog, so we should spend some time on the New Mexico State game. Obviously, uh, Street and I already handled uh, the main recap uh, as part of the Great Takes Less Filling podcast over the weekend. Definitely give you uh, suggest you go to give that a give that a look. But Blake, I'm interested what your takeaways were from uh, the post game and subsequent media appearances by Fleck and, and the staff, um, which is some some key takeaways you had from, from the game. Um, I mean, it, it, no complaints there. I mean, one interesting point made after the game was that the defense only ha- was on the field for 35 snaps. Um, and when you think about the way they're rotating guys, like I think some players were starters and only ended the game with like 18 to 20 snaps, which isn't a ton of game reps. And I know one of the conversations we had in our own slide chain, I know probably on Twitter a little bit was, you know, at what point do you rest the starters? I know if there's some consternation in, in our Slack channel about in the third quarter, not resting starters and Max Rushmeyer goes down. But I mean, um, like there, those are valuable game reps. And I mean, uh, especially on defense, when you've got guys that have only like in their first game, are just playing 18 reps and you want to get them in the game and you know, work on the chemistry and just get stuff put on film to work on. Um, that's important. You know, I think Jordan Howden, a lot of, a lot of the defense is still playing through the, through the fourth quarter and I'm totally fine with that. But, um, really, I just thought it was, you know, no complaints type of game. Like they had, um, you know, Flex said Mo and Potts are both on, um, limits as far as carries. And I thought they both did good. Um, neither one seemed overworked. You know, Mo got out of there about midway through the third quarter. Potts, I think played a little bit into the fourth maybe, but, uh, but yeah, I really, I don't, I didn't have any complaints, and um, I think you know, Fleck in, in his post-game comments has been pretty um, even-handed. You know, said commended them on kind of a workmanlike effort, um, but he said you know there's a lot they can work on, a lot to improve. It was the first game of the season, and I mean, hard, tough to complain about a 38-0 result, regardless of your opponent. But uh, but yeah, I think it was about as successful as a season opener as you can have. I think any game where you get a shutout and you can also look at it and go. Hmm. There's still plenty we could have improved on is uh I mean there are certainly far less optimal results than that. I I think you have to be pleased um you know, pleased as a fan base being able to to look and see a dominating win and know that uh there's still learning to be done and cleanup to be done and um you know, this is not a a, a team or a program uh that you can just expect perfection in week one and that's not what we got but we what we did get was was plenty entertaining uh blake i'm gonna stick with you i want to kind of look ahead at western illinois do you really need to say much more than they are very very bad um i mean it's an fcs program not a particularly good one um they just last this past offseason fired their previous head coach who Finished four seasons at Western Illinois without finishing above 500, and it wasn't even close to finishing above 500, I don't think. So 
First year head coach taking over a program that's just been awful for four years. Um, obviously, he's going to need some time to succeed there. Um, but I mean, you just think of the talent gap between a Big Ten team and FCS team, and not a particularly good one. Um, their first game of the year, um, week one, they played um, University of um, what is it? UT Martin. Yeah, University of Tennessee at Martin or something. Lost 42-25. Um, their defense just didn't have a good game. They gave up 577 yards of offense, 300 yards passing, 250 yards rushing. Um, you can, I mean, you know, Mark Crawford, I think, had to wait till the fourth quarter of the season opener to make his first appearance, you know, punting. I, I don't know if he'll see the field this game. Um, I just have a hard time. I think you're going to see kind of the same recipe offensively that Minnesota used against New Mexico State, um, which was just pass when you need to and uh, just overpower them in the running game. And I think that's going to lead them to um, a lot of touchdowns, maybe some shorter possessions as they kind of wear that defense down. But uh, I think offensively for Western Illinois, they got a couple quarterbacks. Um, they they cycled through both in the first game. Um you know, with the second one, Nick Davenport, he's more mobile. Uh, he was their leading rusher um, in the season upper. They really don't have much for a running game. Um, they're starting running back, I think. Well, there are two starting running backs like, combined for like 36 rushing yards on 13 carries the first game. It's just all the offense kind of goes to their quarterback, and he wasn't really that successful. He did the – Nick Davenport, the guy who came in second, did connect with um, Nassim Brantley for three touchdowns of 54, 44, and 32 yards. So a little bit of a home run cut there. Although I didn't watch the game, could have just been um, poor coverage by the uh, UT Martin defense. But, uh, yeah, it's not an opponent. I think um, as fans, if there's any reason to be particularly worried. Um, in spite of some recent struggles by Big Ten teams against FCS programs like, you know, South Dakota State and Iowa and North Dakota – and Nebraska, I think this one um, is as close to slam dunk as you'll have. Um, yeah, just expect a similar type of game to what we had week one. Um, probably a little bit worse for the other team. But, uh, yeah, that's really all that uh, you need to know. Andy, I want to kind of get a sense for what our expectations are um, across the, the staff here, uh, starting with you, for the Western Illinois game. Are you really – looking for anything in particular against an opponent this bad, or do you just want to get, get going with, uh, uh, don't no injuries, easy win. And, uh, really just let that be all you're, you're concerned about. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I think this Saturday should be pretty much a repeat of last Saturday. It's a very overmatched opponent. It, uh, we should be able to run on them easily. We should be able to pass on them easily. Um, so basically do what you did Saturday, be pretty vanilla, go out, get a, 20 to 30 point win get out of town or get them out of town don't get anybody hurt and if you want to actually start showing things around for Colorado that's great but uh, I'm not expecting them to show anything on Saturday I think I think be boring and being boring you should easily be able to win you know 35 10 or something in that ballpark if if they even get 10 I mean we saw the defense step up huge in the first week and I don't think Western Illinois offense is that much better so as long as you're not making mistakes it should be a, a pretty easy game on Saturday are there any you know I, street who we'll get to in a minute always likes to look for a, a little thing he's hoping for pressure out of a four-man rush things like that are there any little details uh, like that that you would love to see that you didn't get to see in the first game? Uh, or for you, is it just simply enough to win and move on? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Western Illinois will throw the ball a bit more, so it would be nice to see some pressure, nice to see the uh, 
the secondary getting in on the option, whether it be, you know, breaking up passes or getting an interception or two. Um, you know, I'd like to see them being a little bit more active um, in not just, you know, obviously New Mexico State was, was pretty much fine running it up the middle in a cloud of dust for a while. It sounds like if Western Illinois is going to be a bit more exciting on offense, uh, I'm hoping that Gopher defense can force a few more big plays as well um, and just don't get burnt. I mean, it, you're not going to shut out every team, but, um, you know, do what you need to do, be play smart and, and see if you can have one of your supposedly more talented players make a play on the ball. Street, in that same vein, what are your keys that you're looking for this week out of the Gophers against uh, such an overmatched FCS opponent? Win and no one gets injured. That's literally it for this week? Yeah. I think these games are pointless, to be honest. So win and no one get injured. All right. Blake, any wish list items for you at all? Uh, I mean, I'd like to see... I mean, they're not going to throw the ball around that much. Um, I did like the way they kind of spread it around. They didn't know, you know, no wide receiver in that first game had uh, a crazy great game. You know, you saw some action to Crab, some to Mike Brown Stevens. Um, you saw, I think we had, um, you know, Nick Cobb ended with one reception. Uh, Brevin Spanford had two receptions. Um, I think Dan Wright had a couple receptions. So um, wouldn't complain about seeing, you know, one of those guys just step up and kind of have a big game um, through the air. But, uh, but I mean, I expect them to still kind of run the ball. You know, you know, Mo get his hundred yards. Trey probably will get you know his hundred yards. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see. And I mean, hopefully the offensive line continues to step forward. I don't, I don't know what um, um, if Axel Rushmer will be available. You know, Flex said he's fine in his weekly press conference this week. But I could see them just you know still resting him because um, it's Western Illinois. So you're likely you might see Nathan Bow in there at his guard position. Um, but just want to continue to see them doing well. Like even even for their first game last week um, with four new starters, I thought they, you know, had a solid game. You know, Quinn Carroll had some struggles um, in pass protection. And, um, you know, as a group, I thought they could have played a little more cohesively. But, um, but yeah, I think hopefully just seeing, you know, someone step up in the passing game, I think that could be really, really nice to see. Andy, I'm going to turn it over to you for volleyball, who opened the uh, their home season with a four-game sweep. Uh, in their match against uh, number 13, I believe, Florida. Uh, can you just you know give us a quick look into how that match went and, and what's coming up next for the Gophers? Yeah, uh, so first off, they, they started last week. They played uh, number one Texas down in Austin and dropped a, a four-set match, three to one. Um, you know, they played, they played the Longhorns close, but never really were was in the match. Uh, and then they came home and opened the home schedule against Florida. Florida ranked number 13 in the country, and uh, they, they played all right. You know, the, it was a little shaky in, in set one, but the Gophers got the win. Uh, Florida came back in set two, uh, but, uh, you know, Minnesota did some roster swap out. Uh, they saw Michigan State transfer Nia Gross, the middle blocker, come in. Uh, replacing freshman Carter Booth, who had a freshman, couple freshman moments early in the match, and Gross really stepped up and played really well for for the Gophers. Um, you know, she sort of led them. Uh, Taylor Landfair looks like the old Taylor Landfair led the team in kills with 14, and the Gophers finished off the Gators and set three and four to get the three-one win. So Minnesota now sits three and one on the year, uh, two ranked wins and a close loss to the number one team in the country. They moved up in the rankings. They're number three this week, uh, and the ranked opponents keep coming. They host a pair uh, for the uh, Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge this weekend. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
Uh, I believe it's number 12, Stanford, and like number 16, Oregon, uh, come into town, and they'll play Minnesota and Penn State in, in a pair of matches. So um, two more big tests for the Gophers. Uh, we'll see how well they uh, they look. Um, and, you know, so far so good. And, and the, all these wins, it's, it's you know, really important for um, NCAA tournament time. I mean, you're basically earning RPA or RPI points, uh, you know, knocking out these, these teams. And, uh, so if they can keep this going on, um, it's going to be really, really good for the Gophers come the end of the season, you know, farewell in the big 10 and, and you're putting yourself in a position for potentially a, you know, a top four national seed if you keep it going. So, uh, so far so good for the, uh, for the Gopher volleyball team. Hopefully they can keep it running this weekend. I think the other, the other real benefit of, well, there's two, I think of the, schedule they have is uh, one you've mentioned previously which is you know you take a, a season like last season where they were pretty up and down in the Big Ten but they had played really strong teams and when it came time to the to the NCAA tournament they knew what it would take and they executed all the way you know to the final four I'm sorry but no uh, so that's your one other benefit um, but the second was something that uh, white speed receiver um, mentioned uh, to members of the blog this past weekend where, you know, he wasn't sure what kind of crowd to expect for the first home match, even with it being against a ranked opponent, given that the fair is going on and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what you're ending up with is a program that is drawing huge crowds, packing the path, even at times of the season when you might think, oh, Minnesota fans might give this one a pass, even if they shouldn't. Nope. That's not happening. Everyone is turning out. Fans fans will turn out for everything uh, this program does because of the strength of the play, uh, the strength of the program is built, and the quality of opponents that they bring in. No, it's true. I mean that that's. I mean you saw it last year. They they got off to a rougher start in the early nine conference team. They lost to this Texas team. They lost to this Florida team. They uh, they lost to this Baylor team. They got off to instead of a three and one start, a one and three start, and, and continued to struggle a little bit. But just playing those teams made them know exactly what they needed to do come the end of the year, and they ended up making it to the Elite Eight. So you know it's nice to beat these teams now, but it's just a reminder that you're going to have to do it again in December if you want to get back to the uh, the Elite Eight, the top four in the in the t- country. So, uh, but like I said, you know last year Minnesota had come from the road losing those games. They they didn't have those RPI points, uh, and so they knew they were pretty much destined to be a road team after the first two rounds no matter what if the gophers can keep this going and even you know with the big 10 being as top as it is if you can get a top two or even potentially a top three finish in the big 10 that might be enough to get one of those top four seeds and not have to leave the path until the final four all right predictions time i think we've all sort of danced around it we know these are going to be pretty straightforward predictions street i don't know what you're going to give me here but uh, it won't be a number i know that much uh, Blake, let's start with you. What do you think the score is going to be on Saturday? Minnesota 48, Western Illinois 0. Andy, how about you? Yeah, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of the same as last week. Um, you know, uh, hopefully the, this team isn't lulled doing the false sense of security. I'd love to see him pull off back-to-back shutouts, but I could also see, you know, maybe uh, just a, a lull in concentration, causing a mistake, maybe the short field. So I think uh, I think I'm going 37-10. It should be should be easy. Shouldn't be too much drama. But uh, PJ will definitely have some things to work on in in film before Colorado comes to town. I'm going to go with 41 to three. 
Uh, I also want a shutout because, you know, when you're playing an opponent this bad. But uh, let's not jinx them and let's not be greedy. Streets, uh, what's random? what randomness are you going to throw my way this week? I'm really excited. I'm currently setting the over-under Dragon Kessic uh, kickoffs through the end zone at 7. <laughs> I'll admit, kickoffs through the end zone, not the stat I expected you to pick. You continue to surprise every week, every week Street. And with that, friends... We're going to call an end to this edition of the Sky U Podcast. Uh, keep looking across the blog this week for preview content around volleyball, football, of course, uh, and uh, the elite meh and ugly after the Gophers walk away with uh, another win. Hopefully another very empty ugly to be seen. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat. Oh,